0: You're listening to Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com. You've read the stories of the drivers and others involved in the sport that we all love. Now hear their stories firsthand via our all-new podcast to find out how their passion for motorsports has made life worth living. Happy Holandaise. <laughs>
1: Holidays? Are you thinking about food? <laughs> Happy
0: Holandaise. Oh, wait a minute. Hang on. I got
1: to get this. Up. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. You gotta, you gotta describe this, Ellen. Uh oh. I'm scared of what he's gonna show us. He has a giant Santa hat that reaches to the floor. <laughs> all right, hang on. You gotta, this is how this is Oh how, no. No, right. seriously? <laughs> yes. This I is, wish y'all could see this. <laughs> this is how look, we'll we'll take a picture. Hang
0: on. All right, we're going to take a picture. I'm going to do a picture. Can you, I can't even see
1: you. you I'm going to take a
0: picture. There we go. All right.
1: <clears throat> Chris is supposed to be like the gangster pimp of Santa Claus's, I guess. I is that what we're Christmas going pimp?
0: for? I am the Christmas know? pimp. How did you know? Yes, my Don't friend. Doesn't
1: that take not the long fuzzy Santa hat, but the actual pimp hat? The pimp hat? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's no. That's not a pimp hat. <laughs> no, no, no. no.
0: The pimp hat is still in play. But the great thing so, about their six-foot Santa Claus hat is
2: it doubles as a scarf.
1: Oh, Look at God. that. doubles as a scarf. I love it.
0: <laughs> See, here at Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com, we just have way too much fun. But it's the Holland days.
1: It is the Holland days. It is
0: the Holland days. And.
1: So, what is Christmas Pimp going to bring me?
0: <laughs> I'm going to give you a greasy pork sandwich served I'll, on a dirty ashtray. Oh, what boy! Gonna give you, that's, that's what's going to happen. I'm going to give you some movie tickets.
1: Uh, uh, movie tickets? Oh, yeah. boy.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you movie tickets, and then I'm going to give you an indictment. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> An indictment for your New England Patriots, who oh. obviously oh can't God. win a game without cheating.
1: Oh, can we say set up? Come on. Can't it's an M- on. Was, Every every analyst said we I'm were gonna, set up. Come on.
0: You know, next year, we're going to add a video component to this podcast.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm scared of that part. There we go. Oh, no, he needs is, the glasses to go this, in. <laughs> this is how,
0: this is how <laughs> your fan base looks at you <laughs> and your team through beer goggles. <laughs> Because y'all cannot believe that your team cheats as much as they do. Now, oh, I noticed this a racing podcast, and we got a super one lined up for you today. Yes. Let me tell you. It's the holidays. I got your Christmas coming early.
1: <laughs> he can't even see the microphone with these glasses on. I can't. I'm going to I'm
0: gonna take everything off. Plus, his hat is so thick. It's like a Russian koshka. So, I think I'm going to have to take it off here in a minute. It's burning my head up. And I got a I got a blazer with gingerbread on.
1: That says bite me all, this over, it, bite y'all, me me all over it, you bite me all over yeah.
0: <laughs> That's what I want you to do for the holidays, bite me. Um, <laughs> he just said that because his
1: bears suck. <laughs> yeah, bears do suck.
0: <laughs> but you know what doesn't suck?
1: I don't know. Racing. That's right.
0: Racing doesn't I'm suck. I'm well, right I mean, kind of missing it right now.
1: Well, NASCAR of, Well, yeah. Well, I don't know if you want to say that, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, just our opinion. Well, That's not come. the opinion uh, endorsed by <clears throat> Racing Junk.
0: That is not the opinion of Chris Young and or the affiliates of RacingJunk.com <laughs> or Behind the Wheel. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, no, I, I, during this holiday season, during this time of reflection, this really made me think about one thing. Um, that that really impacts me as a person, and that is there's not enough brisket (laughs) to go around, and I want people to stop touching my brisket (laughs) and taking it when I make it. If I spend 13, 14 hours smoking a brisket and then four hours working on it afterwards, I don't want you putting your hands on it.
1: Right. So
0: (laughs) this holiday season, don't touch my plate. You will not see a next holiday. You won't see the New Year's. But
1: (laughs) okay, here case in point, people: if you come near Chris and he's got a plate, just walk away.
0: If you see me with, or you walk away with a stump, or if you see me with any any type of smoked meat, and, (laughs) and it doesn't matter if I'm. At a press event, if it's a media day, if I'm interviewing somebody, if there's a plate of smoked meats near me, I'm in a different world at that point in time. I might be talking to you, I might be saying something, but I'm in a different world. And if you break me from that world, it's like asking Kim Jong il. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They're all ill out there anyway. If you know, saying something bad to him about Dennis Rodman, (laughs) you will you will solicit. The same response. <clears throat> Speaking of responses, I want to thank Sharon Magnet. Yes, real inspiration, uh, both on and off the track. Uh, you know, and this season, a lot of our guests have been extremely motivational, extremely yes. inspirational, and that's made me feel good for what we've done in 2019, 2020. We have a lot of great stuff coming. I was telling Ellen earlier about some changes that I have at work. That's really gonna kind of boost some things up yeah. for us in 2020 really exciting stuff
1: yeah
0: um you got to follow me You
1: gotta follow um, us gotta follow i us. think chris is trying to take over the podcast y'all i might get kicked out in 2020
0: <laughs> no i know you're kidding me look if you haven't figured out by now ellen knows everything i'm just the i know nothing i'm the in the china shop i blow everything <laughs> up i can't help it it's what i do i see something nice and pretty and i just go destroy it <laughs> <clears throat> but You have done a phenomenal job this year of getting talent of people who have affected both on and off the road. I mean, we had an American Ninja Warrior. I know. We had national champions. Mm -hmm. We had record breakers. We had inspirational motivators. We had people that some podcasts would die to have.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: So tip of the hat to you. Thank you. Fantastic job this year. Um, And in case you forgot... Uh, It's that magical time of year to spend with your family and friends. So why not do so? Catching a movie this holiday season. That's right, going to the movies. Yeah. I mean, uh, for those of you who, who may be movie buffs, you might be familiar with the new Matt Damon movie, 20th Century Fox, Ford versus Ferrari.
1: Ellen went and saw it at Thanksgiving, and yes, I know, Thanksgiving's long gone, and we're almost, in fact, by the time we have this posted, we might be over Christmas, who knows? Yep. <laughs> but, but this movie is still out, and this movie was amazing. I saw it the week it opened, and uh, as a racing phenom, and somebody who's really into racing and cars, I don't even know what I'm more into, racing or cars, um, this movie was amazing. You got to see how Ford took over the sports car world, you got to see how Carol Shelby became who Carol Carol Shelby. Shelby. Yeah, Yeah, because honestly, at the beginning of the movie, Carol Shelby was nobody. Right. And, you know, now... But did
0: they get the personalities right? They I mean, actually they... Matt
1: Damon actually was a terrific Carroll Shelby. Was he? Okay. I, I was not familiar with the driver uh, that drove for him. Okay. Yeah. In the I wasn't either. Yeah. Um, but prior I to this movie. years ago. Yes. Back when I was doing more than But I've actually the autobiographies I've seen and information I've seen about the driver who drove mm-hmm. in the Le Mans race, which we're going to be talking a little bit about.
3: Right.
1: The the actor who played him was almost dead on. So, but okay. I was shocked at how well Matt Damon played Carol Shelby because right. I've, I've known a lot about Carol Shelby over the years. Now, granted, I don't know if Carol Shelby would agree to the age he is now, but if you look back hmm. on his youth, he looks nothing like him. But, oh, well, I mean, you know, it's Matt Damon. <laughs> they did put weight on him. <laughs> right. Matt well, Carol yeah, Shelby, but I mean, but. you
0: know, they, I, I'm, I'm sure they did a really good job with the posture. Yes. I haven't seen the movie. I refuse to go to it's movies incredible. now until, it, you know, they, they come out on DVD or <laughs> I can hack it. Um, It is
1: a long three hour movie, but if you love racing and you love cars, especially classic cars. It's three hours. It's three hours. (laughs) Good lord.
0: (laughs) I don't even. (laughs) Chris can barely
1: sit still for three hours.
0: I don't even want to do anything that feels good for three hours. I'm at that age, Ellen. I'm at that age where it's like, you got my attention for a little while, and that's like about it. 20 minutes, that's B- it. 20 minutes. Seven, that's pushing eight it. eight minutes tops. But you know what? It's like a bull ride. You can Hang on for them eight minutes. You're in the championship circle. That's all I'm saying. It even comes with a commemorative belt buckle. But this, uh, so the way we work, if you haven't figured it out here, on Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com, It'd have been easy for somebody to contact 20th Century Fox and say, hey, give me somebody from the studio.
1: And they we'll probably have told it. us no.
3: <laughs> they probably
0: would have told us no. But what did we do?
1: We went with the next best thing. I mean not even
0: the next best thing. We, we went, we went, we with, went, the went with the best thing. We really
1: thing. went with the even better thing. You're yeah. right. Because honestly, if you're a car buff and you're into racing and you're into the history of racing,
0: which is what we are on racingjunk.com. That's
1: right. Then you want to go for the people who know the real story, not the Hollywood story. Mm-hmm. So we went straight to the source who, no, we didn't go straight to Carol Shelby unless we woke him up out of the grave.
0: Yeah. That'd be kind <laughs> we, of, I was going to say, that'd be an interesting conversation.
1: That would be. Yeah. But someday maybe we'll get somebody from the grave, which, oh my gosh, Chris, if we open that door, it's limitless.
0: I'm sure technology oh. will get us here one day, but I don't <laughs> want to be around when it does because you know my feelings about zombies.
1: <laughs> hey, I'll talk to them, but they'll talk to me. <laughs> Just don't bite me.
0: No, I'm, but, I'm really excited because... We got Dan Kahn yes. with Kahn Media, a uh, huge Los Angeles automotive collector and co-founder of the Peterson Automotive Museum, Bruce Meyer, who now owns the race cars made famous in that hit movie. So yes. we got the sources That's right. of what that movie's about.
1: That's right.
0: That's our Christmas gift to you. Besides, I'm going to send everybody who wants one, an 85 by uh, <laughs> 10 autographed glossy headshot of myself.
1: With his beer goggles on. With I don't think anybody wants on. this, Chris, but, you know, I think you can sit in the mail and most of it will end up in a burn pile, but why not?
0: <laughs> Stevie Wonder gave me this haircut. People <laughs> At least you can keep us warm
1: of- with our Yule logs and your picture of in the fireplace. Let me tell you solid. what, <laughs>
0: I can keep you warm with the hot air I spew. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, no. So, we got to take a brief break where we're going to get some uh, sponsorship mentions here. Uh, got to pay the bills. That's right. As they say, got to pay the bills. <laughs> Hey, hey, give us two minutes and two seconds. We got to pay the bills. Dear Lord. Thank God. we're Was not that Bill that well. Cosby? No, that was not Bill Cosby. That was my horrible impression of Harry <laughs> Carey.
1: That sounded like Bill you Cosby. Never hear, you never heard of <laughs> Harry Carey? It sounded like Bill Cosby swallowed. No, Bill Cosby would be, come
0: here, Ellen. Would not you take the simplest drink? <laughs> no, no oh God, that's horrible. <laughs> oh, I take that back. Oh, I so take that back. <laughs> You know what? I don't
1: want to put bumps anymore. I am
0: glad I got one of the best legal representation <laughs> firms in the country. Because are c and and the suits that come my way, oh, dear Lord. I mean, just the stuff I talk about Tom Brady. He's got his attorney on speed dial anytime he listens. Uh, and, and you're cheating craft. And oh,
1: my God. Whatever. Just
0: bless their hearts. Bless, you know what? It's, it's a holiday season. It's that time of year when we just going to start saying, if we can't say nothing nice, we're not going to say like nothing at all. all. And That's I'm right. just going to say, bless their hearts. Bless their little hearts. Because they need it. They need that plate of cookies more than I need it. So instead of taking it to the Sunday supper, I'm just going to send it right up to the New England Patriots because those little cheating bastards, they need those cookies more than I do. Bless them and their hearts. We will be back in just a minute behind the wheel on RacingJunk.com. Dan Kahn and Bruce Meyer, don't go anywhere. This one's going to
2: be awesome. Hang on. Attention racers. Race fans and gearheads, if you're looking to buy, sell, or trade the stuff that stokes your engine, then check out RacingJunk.com. RacingJunk.com is the world's number one online racing and performance classifieds, where you'll find what you need to rock your ride. Check us out at RacingJunk.com, racing and performance classifieds built to go fast.
0: So welcome back to Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com. Joining us on the phone right now is Dan Kahn. Now, Dan, we talked about Con Media a little bit, but if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about you and Con Media out there in beautiful L.A.
4: Yeah, absolutely, and thanks again for having me on. I, uh, you know, I've been uh, in the automotive aftermarket my whole life and started my business about 11 years ago in 2008, and uh, we focus on primarily... Uh, automotive, automotive aftermarket and performance brands, we do PR, marketing, uh, a lot of video production, uh, and event uh, promotion.
0: Oh, I heard that magical production word there, man.
1: Chris knows that well, word you, very well. Do you
0: need anybody that oh. likes to puke?
1: <laughs> Stupid.
0: Because, you know, the, the one thing that kills me about commercial production, and I've been in audio production for years, is you hear those guys that's going to be sunny and too in the big city. And, you know, out there in, in L.A., you got my buddy Shadow Stevens, who's the king of that. <laughs>
4: That's right. And you've got the perfect voice. I mean, you can tell you've been doing this a while.
0: Oh, he has. He's <laughs> yeah.
1: been this a little too long.
0: I mean, after the life change, I kind of took those uh, lessons on how to speech a little bit better and put the emphasis on the right syllable. But
3: hey, <laughs> tell <laughs> me. it didn't work.
0: <laughs> t- now, tell me, and, and, and we're going to deep dive into the movie here in a minute, but, you know, Bruce was supposed to join the call with us. He's running a little bit late, so we're oh. going to take this minute to kind of slay him a little bit. Oh, no. Tell me about your relationship with Bruce. <laughs>
4: Yeah, absolutely. So Bruce is a good friend and and also really um, sort of uh, a mentor to me. He, you know, he's a pretty incredible guy to be honest. And I, I sort of known about him for years, and we we've gotten to know each other very well over the last decade or so as I've uh, worked on the Peterson Automotive Museums. Uh, PR and marketing, and Bruce, uh, for those who don't know who he is, he's sort of the original car guy's car guy, so he's been mm. racing and collecting and, and been a pretty dominant force in sort of generally the entire car scene since the 70s, and what's sort of amazing about him is... You know, you know people probably who are drag race guys or circle track guys or, you know, they're they're into street rods or they're into, you know, whatever, Ferraris. It's pretty rare to find someone who's into everything. Um, Bruce is into I everything. I was gonna
0: say, yeah, that's that's Ellen up one side and down the other. They might be spirit animals of each other.
4: Oh we might Well be. yeah, and it's and it's crazy. And so he's one of these guys where he's he's self made, you know, and, and, and he ran a family business for many years and would just, you know, buy right and, and so he has some cars. where If you look at his collection, you go, Oh my god, you know, he must be a billionaire or something. But the thing that's is, he's I just always... well,
1: I looked at it yesterday because yeah. there's a YouTube video of it up yesterday. Yeah, it's but it's just. Uh. You know, <laughs> In the Ooh. early
4: 70s, he bought a Ferrari 275 GTB4. Oh, my God. When, I mean, it was an expensive car, but it was not a crazy expensive car. It was probably, you know, low five figures. Now that's a multi, multi million dollar car. Um, when he bought the, you know, Greer Black Prudhomme Dragster, which is the one of the seminal, you know, top fuel cars of all time. Mm -hmm. it was a basket case sitting in some guy's garage nobody was there weren't tackle fests back then nobody was restoring you know old dragsters Uh, same thing with the Doan Spencer Roadster again you know that's probably arguably the most important hot rod of all time Mm -hmm. but when he bought it it was just an old hot rod sitting in someone's garage and so he's You know he's had really good taste and really good timing, but what makes Bruce sort of amazing is he's become sort of a taste maker. So he was the guy that was at least in part responsible for bringing a hot rod class to Pebble Beach, where before that it was all these kind of blue blazer guys looking down their nose at the hot rodders, and Mm -hmm. they're all about like Duesenberg and you know Mercedes SKs, and here come these you know SoCal guys with hot rods, and they're going like, "What are you doing here?" Bruce normalized that. He's the one who made that happen. And and he's done that to so many different um, kind of, like, tribes within the car culture that that's why I think he's so kind of well-liked and
1: well-respected by people.
0: I mean, that's – so I I, I can just tell from you talking about it, not only do you have a level of respect for Bruce that I think anybody would be envious of, but I can kind of pick up on the fact that you yourself are a car guy as well. Uh, Is he ready? I am, born and bred. So how did, did that get started?
1: About
4: five minutes, how about that? I was well, third-generation car guy. Uh, my grandfather uh, came back from World War II, started a business, and was more of a restoration person. He wasn't really a hot rodder. Uh, my dad was sort of a typical boomer. Um, cruising Van Nuys Boulevard in the mid-60s, building, you know, hot rods and 65 Chevys, that kind of thing. So nice. Yeah, just like my a dad, kid, yeah. You know, yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I kind of grew I literally grew up reading Hot Rod magazine. That's what I learned to read on. Um nice. Bought my first car, you know, 68 Mustang Fastback at 14. Nice. Um, nice. I guess my nice. little twist oh. on the thing that
1: sorry i'm like how did you get a mustang fastback at
4: 14, at 14 years old yeah sorry i just I, <laughs> no so i you know the funny thing is i always wanted a fastback and you know in the early 90s there was an old junky one around the corner from us rotting in a neighbor's driveway and oh. you know it had like it was mostly yellow with a couple of primer fenders and I, I for some reason i zeroed in and said, i want that car and and i, I kind of saved some money and yep. um for those of your your listeners who aren't in Southern California, we had a big earthquake in '94, and, and and it was very fortuitous for me because my my high school was like half demolished. So even at 14, I, I was able to work because schools closed for two months, and uh, my dad's in construction, so I, I I was able to earn enough money swinging a hammer that I then took all that money and just walked over to that neighbor and said. Hey, this thing's been rotting in your driveway for the decade that we lived here. Can I buy it? And and they sold me the car.
0: This is is what I love hearing. We had almost the exact same path growing up. I loved Hot Rod Magazine, but my dad made me rebuild a Pontiac 6000 in the basement Mm -hmm. while a 1950 Ford sat at my godfather's farm. And when I was 16... I had no respect for that thing. I mean, it was beautiful. Jet black had the white and red leather interior, suicide doors, had a 454 inside that thing. And my dad, the whole time, he would say, you want to work on that? You want to work on that? You want to work on that? Not once did I say, yeah, let's work on that. I was trying to earn a Ford Bronco 2.
1: Oh my God, why? <laughs> well, because I, that's what I thought was Personal cool Pontiac? back then. Oh I had
0: God. a mullet and a members only jacket, Ellen.
1: That's right. I remember that. I still you can Tell do. me about that anyway. Cool. Dan, well, that is. I mean, y'all both making me jealous because you know what I had to drive to begin with? Well, I mean, you I rode a drive, tricycle. I had to. I, no, I learned to drive on a Pontiac hearse, okay? And then. <laughs> nice and then i a hearse
4: like like a like, like a, a hearse. funeral
1: like a hearse <laughs> wow yes okay my dad bought this thing it was so beat up for 250 dollars from a friend of his at work i'm not it's not funny
0: the best part is dan had to clarify that i didn't want to i'm glad he did <laughs>
3: I <laughs> well, I
4: could, it could have been like a Hearst shifter edition, something. No, no, no. Okay, it
1: For two hundred fifty dollars from a guy out of his driveway that he worked with. It's a party <laughs> wagon.
0: But I but mean, I mean, you know, so, who wants a so party at Hearst? Yeah, Dan's out there knocking ten to be able to rebuild this thing, and now he's got Con Media. Which you know, tell t- tell us a little bit about what Con Media is and what they do.
3: Okay,
4: yeah. So we do, um, we handle kind of all forms of marketing, mostly public relations, um, media. Like I said, we we'll do a lot of video production, a lot of social media marketing. So all forms of marketing for primarily automotive companies. So everything from, uh, we're the agency of record for Lotus in North America. Uh, we handle all of Rolex's PR in North America, stuff so like the you know, Rolex 24 Daytona and the Lolex Reunion and Formula One, uh, all the way down to, um, you know, a lot of startups. We help a lot of startup companies. And then, kind of where I came from is um, my background is really from the aftermarket. And that's where I have a lot of affinity and love for the performance of the aftermarket. So, about half of our clients are, are in that market. And that's, you know, everything from companies like Magnaflow, uh, excuse me, Magnaflow and Aeromotive and a lot of great kind of performance brands to car builders like the Ring Brothers and Classic Recreations and Speedcore. Uh, so, we work with sort of a gamut, everything from builders to parts companies to automakers to even some luxury brands and what we do for them kind of varies depending on the account but at the end of the day really what we like to say is we help connect brands with car guys and I use that in the sort of Barry McGuire sense of car guys like our car guys can be girls too you know what I'm saying
1: Mm -hmm. that's that's awesome well it's funny because you know I could see how you were kind of tying in Peterson Automotive you know the museum into what your late or into this latest project that was kind of based on the Ford versus well really is the true history of the Ford versus Ferrari film that I happened to watch uh, opening weekend and Thanksgiving I'm really curious how did that project come up and how are you you able to find everyone that was featured in that film? I mean, you got Mario Andretti, who I was honored to speak to on the phone many years ago, still have yet to meet the man in person. I'd probably pass out if I did. Um, <laughs> um, you know, you've got all the drivers, well, not all of them, obviously, but two of the most prominent drivers in the, the 1966 Le Mans. How did that come about? What what was the idea? And did that idea come up before the whole Ford versus Ferrari film? <laughs>
4: it did it did so so the funny thing is uh we've been uh the agency of record for the peterson for a long time now about 7 years it's been a great very collaborative relationship we really um I'm very fortunate I, you know their executive director Terry Cargus is a friend Bruce is their founding chairman um, and and it's great, but typically what we do for them is we you know they come up with the ideas, we market them. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this particular sense, that's not in this case, that's not how it went down. And really, I'm a big racing fan, I'm a motorsport fan, I'm a Shelby fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've always kind of followed uh, anything Shelby related. I was a member of the Shelby American automobile club for years and years, even though I never had the chance to own one, I was more of a Mustang guy. And one of our, you know, really uh, about eight years ago, a guy named A.J. Bame wrote a book called "Go Like Hell," and and A.J. you know he used to write for Maxim, and then he went to go work for the Drive, and now he writes for the Wall Street Journal. And he does a lot of nonfiction, and he had written a couple of other books, but this was his first sort of nonfiction book that really made a big impact on a lot of people, and it was sort of the inside story of the Ford versus Ferrari war. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, that is the same book that the current movie is based on. Right. So so you know, they licensed that book and bought the rights to it and all that and that ended up turning into the Matt Damon movie but years ago long before the thing was in production I read the book AJ's kind of a friend I called him and I said hey, this is unbelievable You did an amazing job and, and I didn't set out to make a movie I was just sort of obsessed with the book, and I read it a couple times and thought it was great. And at the end of the day, we were sort of trying to figure out, well, the 50th anniversary of the Lamar win was coming up in 16. And in late, I think it was December of 15, I had this idea where I said, you know, a lot of those guys that were around back then still live in SoCal. Maybe we can find a couple of them and interview them and put some videos up on the Peterson's YouTube channel. And we were doing a lot of video work for the Peterson back then, and so that's how it all started. Mm-hmm. Is we, we sort of kind of started kicking this idea around and we knew Lance Sander who owns Superformance, which is the company that's like licensed by Shelby to build all these continuation cars, and Lance has an exact clone of the um, McLaren Amon GT forty that one. And I thought, well, maybe if we could do a couple of interviews with these guys in front of the car that looks just like the original car, that'd be kinda neat. Mm-hmm. And and it kind of started evolving. And what happened is we ended up interviewing A.J., and he's really good on camera. And, and if you've seen our film, he's, he's excellent. But so he told a great story. And right after that, we found out Preston Lerner, who's another automotive journalist, was going to publish a similar book. But his was more sort of photo-oriented. And it was with a lot of um, a guy named Dave Friedman's photos. And what's interesting about Dave Friedman is he was a teenager, with a 35 millimeter camera, that Carol Shelby, who was a great racer but was also sort of notoriously thrifty, mm-hmm. um, he found this teenager who was a young guy and was talented with a camera, but also was a teenager, so it wasn't particularly expensive. And he said, "Hey, Dave, you're our new photographer. Go document everything."
1: They actually so had a, a version of him in the Ford versus Ferrari film. They found a teenager; right. and he was going with them to the racetrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they weren't really paying. Exactly. Him. <laughs> and what's like, interesting
3: that about familiar. Dave?
4: That Exactly. And so, yeah, he was, he, there was a character based on him in the movie. And yes. what's interesting about Dave is he spent a couple of his very formative years covering what turned out to be this really historic motorsports achievement. Mm-hmm. He then went on to have this amazing career in Hollywood as a set photographer, mm. and he's one of the only people who's ever gotten an Academy Award for still photography. Wow. So he, he had this, like, first career that was really amazing when most of us were still messing around as teenagers. Then he went on to have this second amazing career. So he's a pretty blessed guy. And, and so we found him. He lives in Southern California. And so we said, hey, Dave, you know, you contributed photos to this Preston Learner book. Can we interview you? And he said, yeah. So now we've got, you know, AJ interviewed. We have Preston Learner interviewed talking about his book. We brought Dave Frieden down and we're interviewing him. And, and literally in, at the end of the interview, he looked at us and he said, well, hey, you know, you should interview Charlie. And we said, well, who's Charlie? And he said Charlie Agapu, and, we said, I, and I said, I, you know, I, I don't know who that is. He said that was Ken Miles' crew chief. He lives in Southern California. He's a Rolls Royce mechanic.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: We went, oh, okay, do you have his phone number? Yeah, here it is. Oh, okay. So, then, so we went and we got Charlie. And we interviewed him, and when we were at his shop, he kind of said, "Hey, I've got all these old photos. Do you want to look at them?" And we're going like, "Yeah," and he brings out all this archival stuff and. And it's sort of at that was when we finally had this idea, the light bulb went off. And that was in probably March of 16 that we realized, hey, I think we have something here.
3: That's
4: amazing. Maybe we can actually turn this into a documentary about that win. And at that point, that had never been done. No one had done any kind of film on that whole, based on the book or on the Ford right. vs. Ferrari War. And and as we started talking to people, what's, what's different about our movie, obviously it's a very, 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 very low budget Short film documentary versus a big budget well, Hollywood like movie. Something you would
1: see on the History Channel, but in a racing sense. Right, and I actually found it incredibly exactly. interesting. Yeah,
0: and it's and it's what major thank box you. office movies are made are based off of.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well,
4: thank you. And, and, and what we've kind of focused on with ours was was the finish. And I don't want to sort of spoil the movie for people who haven't seen it yet, but there's a very controversial finish. Uh, at the end that happened in Real Life at Le Mans, and they, they kind of replicated it in the, in the Christian Bale uh, Matt Damon movie and, and I had always heard about the big Ford win at Le Mans 66 but I didn't understand kind of what happened to Ken Miles so when we sort of talked to Charlie Agapo and we figured that out we went. Oh, that's the story. We need to tell the story of the finish, and that's where the eight meters name of our film comes from. Is there was an eight meter spread between the first place car and the second place car at the start of the move, there at the start of the race. Wow. So, so, if you, so that's where it came from, and was kind of fortuitous, kind of random, happy accidents that kind of kept presenting themselves, they just kept coming, and, and, and finally, we had so much stuff in the can that we knew we wanted to make a documentary, and we knew we wanted to release it uh, on June 18th, so exactly 50 years to the day from the win at Le Mans, and we thought, you know, Bruce McLaren has been dead for decades, but because is still alive and no one had heard from him in years and he would sh- occasionally show up at a track event, but he was an old man and we had heard he was living in New Zealand. And, and I thought, gosh, you know, if we can get him, you know, that's that's amazing. And so we literally... Talk to anyone we could find in motorsports and media. Nobody knew how to reach them. And I finally have a, a cousin who lives in New Zealand and I called her and I said, do you have a copy of the white pages? And I figured this is an old man.
3: <laughs> the white pages. <laughs>
4: like, I don't even think I'm in the white pages anymore.
3: Right, but, yeah.
4: but I had a cousin say, I said, can you track down the white pages and see if someone named Chris or Christopher Amen is in the, is in the white pages and, and sure enough he was and we called and we talked to his wife and she said no he's not feeling well and he's, he's kind of he's fallen ill and oh. he's not really seeing anybody and we said well you know if there's any way you know we this really amazing anniversary is coming up for this incredible thing that he did and and he was so gracious he got on the phone and he said look if you can get someone over here in the next week or two I'll do it but keep in mind this is halfway around the world yeah I was going to say yeah so you know we're kind of going like okay we have no budget nobody's paying for this it's completely self-funded I can't afford to send my guys to New Zealand I don't know what to do so we found a wedding videographer in the next town over from him wow. and we just kind of grilled this guy and said what kind of gear to use what kind of audio equipment do you use and we kind of went through everything and it all sounded okay and we came up with a price and we sent him a list of questions and we prayed and we said okay hopefully it works and it worked and he, you know, we got a great interview with Chris and he was amazing um, we got the interview and, and, and unfortunately and tragically only about a month and a half after we interviewed him, he passed away. Oh man! So that's rough. We you know we got one of the last interviews ever with him, dude. And and then the Mario Andretti thing you mentioned was really again a happy accident where the Peterson was doing an event celebrating um, sort of the the winningest um, indie drivers of all time.
0: The Peterson Automotive and Museum.
4: They,
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes. And, they were and, and you know what? Something- Actually, Dan. Speaking of, guess who's trying to call us right now?
1: Yeah, can we get on the phone? Oh, let's, let's get him in.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I mean, you already gave Bruce a great intro, but hang on. Let's see if we can get him on the phone.
2: So,
1: hang on.
0: Just there's a second. call. There we go. All right. So we're gonna try to. It's it's so funny that you bring that up. The timing is 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 almost Attackable. perfect.
1: Yeah.
0: Which you know, owning Hello? a media group. Bruce? Hey, Bruce.
1: <laughs> Hey! Hi. This is Ellen Richardson and Chris Young from Racing Junk. How are you?
2: I'm doing really well, thank you. How are you doing? Good. We Sorry are great. For running behind on calling you. With <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Once, but... and, and actually, your buddy Dan Kahn should be on the on the call with us too. Dan, you still there?
2: I'm here. Hey, Bruce. Dan. Hi.
0: Let me tell you let me tell you Dan gave you such a great glorious introduction. I mean you just are the automotive man's man, and we are honored to have you here we're actually already rolling with the interview and and Dan if you don't mind tell Bruce real quick you were just talking about the Mario Andretti exhibit, so please continue okay, Chris, uh, Bruce,
3: so Chris,
4: Chris and Ellen were asking about in the 8 meters film on the uh, Peterson YouTube how we got Mario Andretti so I was explaining that we did that event uh, in, in uh, a few years ago now that honored the winningest drivers of IndyCar and that's why Mario was at the museum and so ah, while he was okay. there we asked him about driving a GT40 at Le Mans he was really gracious he was, he was a gentleman he was fun the interview Mar-
2: Mario is a great guy and so personable and, and easy to speak with you know he, he's a guy that he's not out in the public a lot so you kind of wonder if he's very reclusive but he's certainly not and he's welcoming and he loves the sport and all the people associated with it so he's a real, real asset to motorsports
1: Yeah, and that's I I interviewed Mario a few years ago on the phone, which I was hoping I can meet him in person. But at least we got to talk on the phone. And the whole time I was extremely nervous because he's been a hero of mine since I was probably seven or eight years old. So, um, of course, his face. Which
0: is only about twelve years ago. Oh,
1: whatever you wish. I wish. But um, you were talking about the IndyCar exhibit and the winning exhibit. You also have your winning numbers exhibit at the peterson museum
3: now
2: correct right and we just i, I thought you were talking about ganassi because we just opened a chip ganassi exhibit as well oh cool and he's another he's another just bigger than life wonderful human being loves the sport loves the people associated with it so mm-hmm. his, his his exhibit is right across from mine which is called winning numbers
1: right Tell us a little bit about that exhibit, because, you know, we were talking a little bit about Ford versus Ferrari and the fact that the eight meters film came out prior to this big Hollywood film that's out now. Tell us about the winning numbers exhibit and how it kind of reflects or ties into the the eight meters film and the whole Ford versus Ferrari.
2: Sure. Well, I mean, the Ford versus Ferrari topic is huge, and right. and Dan made that eight meters film a long time ago. You know, just for, for mankind, and and it was and it was a great film because, you know, I, I I'm old enough to have lived through all that. I knew Carol extremely well, and um, Ken Miles' son is a very close friend of mine. So I'm I'm pretty close to the whole situation, and 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 so um, my exhibit, on the other hand, is, has. <laughs> Very little to do with the eight meters and the nineteen sixty six Le Mans, but Mm -hmm. but we do have two cars in the exhibit that that they borrowed, you know, for making of the movie, and and uh, most of the cars in the movie. (laughs) Like ninety nine percent of them are are continuation cars. You know, some people call them replicas, some people call them continuation, but and they're, they're they're really well done. I mean, even the experts could hardly tell that those weren't the actual actual cars. So, for the for the for the uh, scene in in the in the factory, they borrowed a, a silver short wheelbase Berlinetta, um, which I'm I say I own, but I, I never consider myself an owner, just a caretaker or custodian. But it also won Le Mans '61, and then they have a silver Testarossa, which is also on exhibit oh. at the winning numbers, and that's um,
3: <laughs> and that was,
2: both those were in the movie, and and Bye. they're both in, in in our gallery, and they're part of uh, ten cars. Actually, there's like a dozen cars, and we rotate some, but we have we have five Le Mans winners, and oh. um, the very first Cobra, serial number one, oh. and then a couple. All good. Well, you know uh, the Cobra was built by hot riders, mm-hmm. and so I'm a huge, huge fan, proponent, um, you know, uh, promoter of the importance of hot rodding. And and in in, in the exhibit, winning numbers we have the world's fastest coupe, which was on the cover of Hot Rod in in 1950, mm-hmm. and we also have a belly tank that was uh, another hot rod example that was done on the cover of 1948, I believe. But, um, you know, the early, early, early years of hot rodding were, that was before sports cars and, and before we, the Americans kind of caught on to Lamont, you know. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, we have those, we have Don Prudhomme's first dragster, the Greer Black Prudhomme car, and we have mm-hmm. a Bitserini which won Lamont in 1965, and few people know about Bitserini, but He was... um head of, of, of Ferrari racing from the, um, you know, 50s up until the early 60s. And then they had a thing called the Palace Revolt, and he was dismissed. It's a long story. It's a whole it's a whole session on that. But anyway, so he built a car. He drove it to Le Mans. He won Le Mans, and he drove it home. So that's also in the exhibit. And then we have the Le Mans-winning Porsche from 1979, which was one of the very few kind of, you know, production cars that won over Overall, beat the prototypes, and it was a privateer. Yeah, I was going to say that was it was one of the so,
0: first line cars that ever won Le Mans.
2: That was a really big deal for Porsche and for privateers and for production cars. So, and that was that was that car has an interesting story because it was owned and and driven by the Whittington brothers, who were famous in motorsport.
0: Bruce, this Another is Chris. Thing. Um, so, I mean, not, not only is my dad going to be extremely jealous I'm talking to you, but I'm I'm extremely envious of you in general just because of the hardware that you're able to be around. What was it like to know that they were going to be making a movie, Ford versus Ferrari, and they came to you wanting some of that hardware
2: for the movie? What was that like? Well, in my early years, um, I... Lent out a few cars to the movies, uh, you know, from Gatsby and a few other Batman and some of those, and they they always kind of come back a little less than they went out. So when Ferrari wanted, you know, two of my most, you know, precious. Um, You know Collectibles In the movie I I was Mm -hmm. I wasn't Wasn't really interested But Mm -hmm. when they said That they would not Be driven Because it just Sometimes they say They haven't been driven And they end up Driving and so forth So we watched Pretty carefully So it was A a nice compliment to me It was wonderful To expose the cars And it was a great story And so I was flattered And um, they were very Respectful of the cars And it really worked out well Really worked out well
1: Yeah And see, you talking about driving the cars. That's something I was noticing yesterday. I was reading an article about your collection yesterday, and I noticed that you had the opportunity to drive a few of the vehicles that are in the collection now to the museum itself. And as a classic car buff myself, who dreams of driving a classic car someday, other than the the crappy piece of crap my dad had me drive to learn on, (laughs) um, how do you, you know, tell me how that felt, especially the first time.
0: Well, I mean, it's probably second nature to him, but... not to
1: me.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, um, so... I don't know quite where to start because a few things come to mind because um, I shouldn't say this, but I I have an electric car, too, and, and electric cars are so smooth and so responsive. And, and you get into like the Bitsurini or the Cobra, it is just the polar opposite, you know. It, it, you just have to put your 1965 hat on or whatever, but I, I, every car we have, we drive. Um, I, I, you know, I'm in the 200 mile an hour club at Bonneville, so I've had the pleasure of going over 200, you know, down the Bonneville salt flats, but, mm-hmm. you know, driving these old cars is, is it, you just have to understand what you're driving the, the the Ferrari's 1957 and in 57 you know I was like 16 years old and and, and it was probably like a, a rocket ship for 57 but in today's world it's so crude and you know the suspension's very tough and you know so driving the cars each one has its own personality and 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 represents the period from which it was you know constructed so you know you, you the, the when we have a 1960 Corvette, which was the first Corvette to race at Le Mans. We've driven that at Goodwood and every single car we have we we start we drive we enjoy it. the only one they won't let us drive is the drag strip but we take it out and we fire it up for cackle sessions and so forth Bruce,
3: it, you, it, you are probably
0: it, the only person on this planet that has said i have an electric car and I would not make fun of you because you have so much man in you because of the hardware around you I'd be scared to make fun
2: of you
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know this is this is i mean when i when i bought this electric car uh, I mean, I got hate mail, you know, from my friends. Oh, I bet you did. I bet you did. did. Oh,
1: bet you did. <laughs>
2: oh my god, it was just and, and you know, it, it was. Anyways, I, I, I it, it has its purpose, and unfortunately, it's, it is the future. And and at the Peterson, we just unveiled the new electric Volkswagen, and we have the, the, the buggy. We have, you know, electric, the fastest car around Nurburgring, and the fastest car. Up Pikes Peak now is electric, you know, and it, it, and it really is hard to say. So when I when I started racing motorcycles, we used to race big, you know, uh, four cycle, you know, twins and singles, and and they were they had such a manly sound. I mean, you just felt so good when you get on it. And then the guys started coming around with the Japanese two cycle bikes, and we just thought they were just like Wee- girly boys, you know, yeah, and and we were sitting there just. And making noise, and all of a sudden they just started to kick our butts, you know. Sounds like and a so baby thinking, crying. Is-
0: three rooms away. Whee, whee, whee. I mean, it's like, come on, man.
2: Yeah, especially as, the, as especially as they blew by you, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
0: So- you're, you're sitting there going top speed, and they just <laughs> wait a minute, that's cheating. They got to cheat like the New England Patriots. They oh, don't
1: even start on New England. God, leave them alone. So
2: oh. <laughs> so unfortunately, unfortunately, I think we're heading in that. That electric, you know, okay. direction, and, yeah. and uh, it's a very different experience, but still for the old-timers and the, the hardcore, passionate, you know, <laughs> racers, you know, there's just a lot of life left in the combustion engine just for mm-hmm. pure joy, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, almost every car we have is pretty darn loud, and, and I like it that way.
1: Exactly. In fact, that was the next question I was going to ask you, of course, maybe it's an electric vehicle, I don't know, but is there a vehicle out there that you're still 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 hoping to add to the collection that you have yet to be able to you know get your hands on
2: that's a really good question and, and, and it's been asked a lot. You know, I I first of all I don't look at it as a collection because I've been I've been acquiring cars since the early sixties and, and I've just bought a car out of passion. It's something that I want to drive or something I want to race or something that's important, you know, to history. So I bought my cars one at a time and never really thought of it much as a collection. But if if somebody said, Is there a car out there, you know, that if if became available and you could afford it, that you would buy and and add to the garage. I, I would say there's one car that's just one of my all-time favorite cars. And the really good news is, especially for my wife, is that it's unaffordable. And there's only three of them, and they're <laughs> owned by really, really, really rich guys. You know, so and that's that's a, a Scarab, which was built in the late 50s, and it's a Chevrolet-powered sports car, and it's owned by Rob uh, Rob Walton. Miles Collier and um, and John Mozart, all those guys. Those are the only three, you know. Extant, and they're all in good hands. And it'll—I don't want to say it'll never come my way, but I can't see how that could happen. So I sleep well at night, not not worrying. Oh my God, how am I going to figure out how to get a scarab? Because that ain't never going to happen. So <laughs> and,
0: you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, and it's, it's it's so funny you bring that up because you talk about one of the most unattainable vehicles. I mean, you nailed it. So, I, I have a favorite vehicle of all time. It's the Aston Martin V12 Vanquish. Oh, yes. I tell Ellen all the time.
1: He thinks he's James Bond, but he's so far from it. I,
0: I'm so <laughs> far from it. I can't even walk into bubblegum most times. And, and Bruce, this question might be unfair to you, or it might be completely fair to you. To me, I would envision it being unfair. And I want to ask Dan and Bruce this question. So, as far as the Peterson Automotive Museum, or maybe in or out of it, do you have one vehicle that you say, without a doubt, is my all-time favorite vehicle, what would it be?
3: Hmm. This is okay, in the, the Peterson right to, now?
0: <laughs> well, in the Peterson or out. I mean, I, I'm assuming, Dan, because of the conversation we had earlier, your favorite might be in there,
2: but I could be wrong. It's rare. <laughs> so, so for me, um, <coughs> You know, kind of in the world of reality, you know, I would say the first cobra resonates with me because, you know, that's that's a one of a kind; it's the only one there is. Um, it makes far enough, enough to scare me it's it's historic and it just checks every box i i think it's super good looking and and i would say that that could be my favorite car and the best looking car i've ever had is the testarossa i mean oh yeah it is like rolling art you know but um if somebody said you know you got to take one with you one with you, it would probably be the Cobra. that 60 yeah, car, yeah.
0: that's
1: a i can't blame pick. you for that one i'd want that one too all right <laughs> And
0: which one that you know soon as no. soon as I mentioned that question what's the first one that popped in your head.
4: So, I have a picture on the wall of my office, and it's huge. It's like at least five feet wide and three feet high. Mm-hmm. And it's a really old black-and-white photo from the 50s of, of my pick. And it's funny, you ask it, because Bruce owns it. And, and it's the Doan Spencer Roadster. To me, that car, oh, no. is, oh. it is the epitome. I, I've been a hot rod guy since I was a little kid. My dad oh. was a hot rod guy. That is the ultimate hot rod, uh, to me there is no cooler car on the planet than that car. Man, alive. Awesome.
2: Put the sunglasses
0: on, the brill cream and the comb through
2: your hair and just hop in that one, man. <laughs> well, that is that is the holy grail. That That is... If, if somebody said, what's the, my favorite hot rod in the world, that that there's just, it's a real, real easy question and a real easy answer. And that would be the Don Spencer Roadster. That guy, Don Spencer, was, you know, one of all time, you know, great craftsmen, had the eye, um, and and that car mm-hmm. did everything from run the dry lakes. It's been in every state in the union. And it's as good looking today as it was when it was built. It started, we started. Really started in the '30s. It's it's the oldest hot rod in existence, and still the prettiest. So, Dan, you got my vote, and I'm going to give you a big hat because Dan is an old soul. You know, the yeah. guy you know does miracles for us at the Peterson, and and he also handles our 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 uh, luxury brands that that we're involved with, and he also uh, Concord Rodeo Drive, which is a pretty cool. Dan does all those. And the reason is that he is so technically, you know, spot on, you know, with social media oh, yeah. and understanding the marketplace. And he's. And then the other side, of the flip side, is he's an old soul. And boy, just, just picking the Don Spencer, just, uh, just, you know, check that box for sure.
0: And, I mean, Bruce, it's the holiday season. Giving is in the air. <laughs> I think you should just <laughs> donate that Don Spencer <laughs> to him. I mean, or yeah. if you know what? As a as an equal and completely okay. unbiased party, you can give it to me.
1: No, don't give it to Chris.
0: And give I will hold don't it. Don't give it to Chris. I am not known for wrecking or blowing up oh, any vehicles.
1: Uh, don't go on social Virginia media.
0: Don't Google it. I can't go to California anymore.
1: They uh, can't go to Virginia anymore, I'm sure. So, but no,
0: I mean, you know, that, that's the one thing I picked up on both of you guys is the fact that your love for the vehicle for the creativity and for the art that they actually are is what led you to be able to donate I'm just going to say donate and contribute <laughs> to this movie he's
1: going to donate because he wants you to donate a car
0: <laughs> trust me nobody's going to donate anything to me once they see my record <laughs> that missing El Camino from 92 is still haunting me <laughs> but you know, I, I just want to know what's next for you guys because I mean yeah. Ford versus Ferrari is going to be huge fantastic Already cast is, yeah. fantastic movie what's next for both of you. <laughs>
2: Well, career-wise, I'm finished.
1: finished. <laughs> but, Bruce is
4: out. <laughs> <laughs> he's tapping. I'm,
1: Can I be you and
4: I grow uh, up? I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll jump in and say, first of all, I think, you know, what he says he's finished, but Bruce has got more energy he's than 10, eight ten 10 normal guys that I know. Yeah. Um, and and we've got some really cool stuff coming up. The Peterson, We this is not breaking news, but it's kind of breaking news. We sort of teased this at Pebble Beach, but nice. um, we've got some really cool exhibits coming out in the next few months. Nice. Um, what's coming to Bruce's gallery, well, do you want Tom Bruce to tell him Bruce was coming to your gallery after your exhibit ends?
2: Well, maybe you should. I mean, it's, okay, it's, a, it's, it's a big time rock and roll. So it's a big time rock and roller that that saw the importance of the Peterson Museum to to mankind and and certainly to the world of of the automobile. But he saw it. He had a gracious heart, and I'll let you take it from here, Dan.
4: So, to Petersons, it's really, you know, going back to when Bruce and, and Mr. Peterson started the museum mm-hmm. over 25 years ago, the, the museum's had kind of a really cool track record of doing stuff with cars and guitars and mm-hmm. cars and rock and roll, and there's such an intrinsic link between kind of hot rodding and, and rock and roll, and, and we've had a few of those exhibits over the years, but this one's a little different, uh, and what's cool is about... Six years ago, Jaguar had us do an exhibit called The World's Most Beautiful Sports Coupes. And we went to different famous car people and said, hey, you pick what you think is the most beautiful coupe in history, and we'll put it in this exhibit. So we had all these different people, um, you know, that were all kind of famous car guys, you know, uh, Patrick Dempsey and... Mm -hmm. You know, Bobby Hall and all these different kind of famous collectors and racers, and they all chose cars and we put them in. And one that was sort of really interesting was James Hetfield from Metallica. Yes. Yes. Said, well, and he said, my favorite, most my pick from a Super sports Coupe is my own car, Black Pearl, yeah. which was this Rick Door built, kind of big, long, low, mm-hmm. it was based on a Jaguar chassis, but had this body by Marcel that was all kind of looked like a Delahaye. And so went in the exhibit and that started this dialogue um you know with James and, and, and for the your listeners that don't know, he's a hardcore car guy. And oh,
0: absolutely. Yes. And he oh let and me tell you, so, b- being a radio well, I don't want to say how long I've been in radio, but I have many encounters working with the Metallica guys and he knows cars ins and outs. And the other thing, he his his art more than yeah, what the metal is, yeah, he his art some of the is covers metal. Well, yeah, he cre- I mean he is this is some exciting stuff right here cuz he
4: yes. is an artist. Yes. Exactly. Well, here's what's cool. He basically took the crown jewels in his collection, and he has some amazing stuff. The Black Pearl, there's another one called Aquarius, it's even bigger, longer, lower, and cooler looking, and his entire collection, and he donated it to the Peters. Nice! Oh, are you kidding and me? I love James. No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool. And the, the museum's a 501c3, and, and so he donated the entire collection to the museum, and we're going to display them all to the public for the first time uh in a basically a hatfield themed exhibit with all of his cars in in the gallery uh early next year so that's going to be one of our next big ones and we're really excited it's going to be huge
1: nice because oh the God. winning numbers exhibit did i read correctly that goes until near the end of january is that correct
2: yeah that then, will go uh, yeah
0: so is this the first time that anybody's hearing about the hatfield exhibit
3: Technically
0: yes. So this is breaking news. We got the scoop. Yeah, news. we got the scoop <laughs> on behind the wheel <laughs> on RacingJunk.com. That is, and let me tell you, just well I mean, just being a radio guy, being an old metal <laughs> guy, because there's no such thing as rock radio anymore. Nope. Um Wow. I am, I, for the first time in my life, I don't have words.
1: You make Chris speechless. That's pretty huge. I'm a huge,
0: <laughs> huge Hatfield fan. I've interviewed him I don't know how many times. Back when I used to work DC 101 and Rock 107 and, you know, Rock 92, all that. I mean, he's such a good guy. He knows his motors. Mm-hmm. He knows his vehicles. And he knows art. So this exhibit is going to be one for the ages that everybody should absolutely go take advantage of. So, so tell me, how do we get more information, uh, you know, both on, you know, the, you know, Dan, give us more information on the Media Group. Bruce, give us more information on the Peterson Automotive Museum. Tell us, how do we find you guys, and how do we get out there?
2: Sure. Well, that Hatfield exhibit opens on January 30th and he's actually going to be there so come and join us wow uh, and and uh, you know you can go on the Peterson website to, to learn more about the Peterson and the current exhibits um, we're open s- seven days a week from 10 until 6 p.m. Um, it, it, it we have a great restaurant there to enjoy so it's just a happening deal and, and one of the most uh, em- you know the enjoyed attractions is mm-hmm. a tour of our vault, and that's where the Hetfield cars are at the moment. But we have nice. over 200 amazing cars in our in our lower level, and we give give uh, guided tours through that oh. d- daily, multiple times daily. So if anybody's even considering coming to the Peterson, they really must do the vault tour because that's super special.
1: I oh. want to set up a cot in the, in the vault. Can I, I mean, do that? Uh, <laughs>
0: Can not I even live considering, there? <laughs> yeah. I, I am. <laughs> I'm going to contact the governor to see if I can get that expulsion rejected so I can come back to California and visit this thing. you, you kidding? Contact
3: Arnold. <laughs> Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> yeah Chris, you want to come back? So? I saw that,
4: Get to the chopper.
3: And, <laughs> and to, to see the, cover. yeah, so the website is. <laughs>
4: it's funny about it. The site's peterson.org, uh, P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N. A lot of people spell it with an O, but it's with an E. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if anyone wants to see the, the 8 Meters Doc, just go to YouTube and find the Peterson YouTube channel. And I will say, what was really cool is that that little short film had seventy-eight thousand views before the the Damon movie came out, right. and it now has four hundred and forty thousand. Of
1: nice. course, it so, goes, it's going to hit the million mark here soon. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. I mean, I it's, watched it twice yesterday. It's
0: yeah. <laughs> let me tell you, it's and plus the fact that it's the impetus of what actually started that one. I mean, exactly. it's 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 bound to. You have to blow it up, and I hope that everybody who's who gets a chance to listen to the podcast goes and checks out the movie because it just shows the work that both Dan and Bruce have put into the lifelong venture and love of automobiles and the story of Ford versus Ferrari.
1: Exactly, because that was the greatest thing about both 8 Meters as well as Ford versus Ferrari, in my opinion. As a car buff, you know, we all love, most car buffs love racing, but not every car buff does. But, you know, watching the story of how a car can come to life when they take it into the motorsports realm, which you don't see that very often nowadays, but back then that's how you sold cars mm-hmm. and honestly, the only way to prove that Ford had a car powerful enough to be a sports car was to take on the most powerful sports car of the time
0: I mean, when he every time Bruce mentioned Testarossa yeah. you, you saw my expression, you saw how it yeah. just yeah, oh, yeah. No, yeah, y'all
1: couldn't see it, but I did
0: uh, <laughs> let me tell you, in my soul in my soul, I want to bow at Bruce's feet I, I mean, want to live in
3: Bristol. Just-,
0: <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, I want well, to you live come in a museum.
3: Out here, I that <laughs>
2: I mean, you, I'd be I, happy to give you a tour. I, oh, I'd love to
0: come. Nah, nah Bruce, you probably don't want to give me a tour because will steal something. I'm gonna take something. <laughs>
3: I'm sorry. He likes souvenirs.
0: <laughs> I, like, it, what, Chris, what are you doing? with a header in your pocket. Don't worry about it.
3: <laughs> you didn't I, see anything. <laughs> but
2: David well, we, John, we we would welcome you anytime, and 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 we love sharing our our, our museum, and and I'm so glad that uh, that you know that you're taking the time to do this. This, uh, broadcast as well. And they used to have the expression "win on Sunday, sell on Monday," and that mm-hmm. and that that still goes. I mean, you look at NASCAR; I mean, people have their you know their favorites, and they cheer for them. And when they win, they they're proud to drive them. And, and it was you know Audi winning Le Mans that people thought it was okay to drive an Audi or a, yep. and Porsches and Ferrari, So mm-hmm. it definitely adds cred to the to the car.
0: It if does. it weren't for and, and you know what, I get in trouble sometimes with some of my automotive groups I've worked with, If it weren't for Le Mans, Le Mans exactly. Porsche would not be Porsche. Plain oh, and simple. Yeah.
1: yeah plain that's and true. simple.
0: Yeah. I mean, they yeah, have built no, a legacy agree. around just that.
1: Especially since, so. no offense, but Porsches aren't that attractive. <laughs> I mean, not. They're not. They're not Tell that Colby, to Colby. Tell that to every Colby, attorney Colby in his call.
0: in his late 30s. Okay, Dan Con, <laughs> Bruce Meyer. This has been an absolute honor. Thank yes. you, gentlemen, both, so much. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, check out Con Media. Which, by the way, Dan, you. You've been extremely humble you haven't really pumped con media at all how do we get a hold of you guys
4: uh, conmedia.com, K A H N M E D I A. Awesome. I appreciate
0: you saying that. Thanks. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. And then Bruce, I mean, obviously with the, you know, Peterson Automotive Museum, you know, Peterson with the E N, we are so honored to have both of you here today, gentlemen. Have a fantastic holiday. Yes. Thank you for joining us, and we can't wait to catch up with you. We are going to check in with you with that Hatfield exhibit. Oh. Please. So be expecting please. that in January.
1: Tell James to give us Great. a call. Great. We well, <laughs> come
2: come out and see.
1: Now, oh, you definitely, guys. Have thank a fantastic night. Oh, thank you so <laughs> okay. much. Happy holidays, you guys.
2: <laughs> Thanks. Let me tell
0: you about making my holiday. Those making two guys, <laughs> yeah, those two guys just know, made my holiday.
1: Right? Yeah, I always say would fly me out to LA, but that's all will right. I'm gonna find my way back out there someday.
0: I mean, I want to go to this Hatfield, example. I do too. And oh, big time. First. You heard that right here. Yeah, we
1: got the scoop on, behind the, the scoop on behind the Wheel.
0: We got the scoop on Behind the Wheel. Nobody else got the scoop. We got the scoop. We got the scoop on <laughs> Behind the Wheel on RacingJunk.com. <laughs> for your ears and to give you tears. You heard it first right here, kids. Hi. Oh, God. <laughs> but you know what the say Did you thing jump is? into
1: your ego, your DJ ego? <laughs> yeah, I
0: did. I dropped into my radio DJ ego. Which, by the way, if you ever hear a radio jock talking like that, call him and tell them to stop. Just be like, stop it, it. that's fake, you're horrible, you got no talent, bring out your real talent, because every radio jock who's still left standing is fantastic and talented. That's right. Tell them they don't need that stuff. (laughs) But I am stoked about the Hatfield exhibit. I'm stoked to see Ford versus Ferrari.
1: Yeah, I can't believe you haven't seen this movie. You need to go see it. I know you can't sit there for three hours.
0: (laughs) You brought the people. I brought the people. (laughs) That were the basis of that movie.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, Carol.
0: I mean, granted, Carol Shelby, God rest his soul, one of the best interviews I ever did.
1: I never got to meet the man. I always wanted to.
0: Fantastic interview. Uh, and You know what? If, if I get a chance, if I can find the cassette tape, because that's how oh long God, it
1: was. If tape. I can find he the cassette tape of
0: the interview, I'll, I'll give it to you. Oh, please do. Because um, he and if he, he does, we'll find great. a
1: way to digitize it.
0: <laughs> and, and you know what? Uh, God rest his soul. I need to give a shout out to this one, Jack Armstrong, who worked with me at one of the radio stations. Yes. You know, who's who, who's passed. Um, was a friend of Carol Shelby. Wow. And that's actually how we connected and ended up working together was because of the interview I did mm-hmm. in a different market that Jack had also interviewed him and had one of his cars. Wow, Carol signed one of Jack's cars.
1: Oh, so jealous.
0: Yeah, and, and Jack had I mean, it was great story. But anyway, what a fantastic way to end 2019. Absolutely, but I feel so bad for you.
1: For me, I know I gotta step it up for 2020. Because what
0: you gonna do in 2020? I've
1: actually got January kind of lined up. We we got something pretty exciting for, for January as well. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna scoop it yet because I still got a lot up the date.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, okay, okay, all right. Which is why we're doing this in a week before Christmas. <laughs>
3: okay.
1: Well, it might be almost February well, before that, we that, get back. <laughs> that
0: and and my recent job change, which yes. is, which is fantastic. Has, has taken me all over the place. Yes. We'll talk more about that in January. Or maybe February. <laughs> Depending when be, we're back. <laughs> since it's going to be <clears throat> Daytona, mm-hmm. which is where I will be.
1: Chris is all excited because he's going to be involved in NASCAR. Yes. Well, I mean the, the truck <laughs>
0: series. The truck series. Yeah. We'll right. get to that more
1: uh, later. It's okay. <laughs> we'll get to that more later.
0: But you know what? Happy holidays, Ellen. Yes. Love you. Merry Christmas. Love you.
1: Merry Christmas. We're Happy so excited. Holidays.
0: Uh, as a matter of fact, I got something for you upstairs.
1: Uh, I'm scared what he's going to give me, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't really want to be a pit for Christmas.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you what I got I you, I think girl. he's got
1: me some of them stripper heels, y'all. I'm a little scared. I can't walk on them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that just terrified me okay
1: <laughs> now happy holidays everybody thank you so much for joining us in 2019 and stay tuned to behind the wheel in 2020
0: because it is going to be a fantastic year and for all of our fans all of our friends and especially our folks at racingjunk.com thank you for letting us do this happy holidays merry christmas we love you thank you for listening please subscribe please share leave us some comments and let us know what you think we look forward to seeing you
3: in 2020. Have a fantastic and safe Christmas. Love you.